Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Julia Noblock. I'm very excited um, because I'm going to talk about, after talking about Bialik and Amichai, I'm going to talk about my own poems, um, so don't judge or be judged kindly. Um, um, yes, so I, um, I had my second um, poetry collection published just at the beginning of this month, and it is called Book of Failed Salvation. And some some of you have it. We have it. And that I, is amazing. I just want to point out to those of you who are on YouTube that you yeah. didn't just see congregants pull the book up who have already bought it. That is it's so amazing. Fantastic. So cool. Thank you so much to everyone who has already got it and like showed it. And obviously, should Shabbat ever end, um, you can order it. Um, there was a link. Um, provided in the um, in the newsletter where you can order it from Ben Yehuda Press in New Jersey. So um, I want to, I think, just talk briefly about the book, and I thought I might introduce it um, using um, the four levels of interpretation that we know, Pardes, Pshat, Drash, Remes, and Sod. Um, the Pshat of the book is pretty obviously the story of an unrequited love, um, or as the blurb says, one of the blurbs says, that I chronicle a relationship that spanned continents before coming to an end. So, and there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, that's the pshad of the book. Um, the drash is what you are going to all make out of it, of course, um, for yourself, um, for yourselves. Um, one drash that I want to offer is well, first the title. Um, that's that's a drash on my on my on my on my own from my own perspective, and um, you can also maybe if you read it, you can find out um, why that might be. And I actually just um, before this call, I I I thought I might want to say something more since this is December twenty fifth today, and um, I've been several people have pointed out that the title sounds very Christian um, because of the word word salvation in it. And um, obviously, because it's, you know, in the English speaking um, context that we are in, salvation is often linked with um, Jesus and with Christianity. Um, and um, I did choose that title deliberately. And um, also, this again, up to everyone else's brush why I might have done that. Um, but when, if not today, um, I want to say a few words about more words about that. Um, in our American or at least um, CE, Jew, CE time um, of Jews, um, we might feel a bit awkward because because this word is so connected with with Jesus and with with salvation and everything that it, that it connotes. At the same time, though, it is obviously a word that um, stems in the Hebrew is Yud Shin Ein. Um, so and that um, is a firm element in our liturgy. And um, uh, Yeshua um, is salvation, redemption, deliverance, depending on whatever translator um, and from whatever perspective um, they they come to it, is often used interchangeably. Sometimes not. Sometimes there will only be redemption or deliverance and not salvation. But often it is just going through the left shalem. Um, sometimes it says when when the root of 
Yuchin Ayn is used sometimes it is redemption, sometimes it is it's sometimes it's deliverance, sometimes it's salvation. Um so anyway, so um I just wanted to sort of frame it with that. It is not supposed to be a Christian book. Um it is quite deliberately um put into the Jewish context and um which brings me to the, the third level. Um the Remes part that um I was hoping to blur sometimes the boundaries between love between human beings and um, the longing for divine love. And um, one friend and poet said that sometimes it is not clear, quoting him, paraphrasing him, whether I'm longing for the embrace of a lover or God. And um, I was very, very happy when I read that because this is what I was going for. Um, and um, partly just because I'm very, I'm very interested in and also because um, a lot of the poems derive or are inspired by lines and images and concepts that we have in our liturgy and in prayer. So I have been playing with that and, um, and to hear that someone picked up on that and that was very gratifying. And I hope those of you who read it, um, might find that as well or maybe other aspects of that. And then there's also a sword, of course. Uh, the sword is, um, the truth of the you addressed in those poems. This book is my perspective and um, um, it is written from my perspective. And while there is a you that has a living representative walking this earth, um, it is more than, than a story about that. It is really sort of like more the vessel of trying to express certain truth and longings and and feelings that we have. So with that, um, yes, I'm actually working on the Devar for Parashat Bo, which will be in our Temple Synagogue's newsletter. And I will talk more about the redemption, deliverance, salvation. But I thought it was it was a good um, thing to sort of expand on on this on this day where Yuchin A. Devarate is. <laughs> allegedly born so um with that um who if hector if you would like to share the screen and i can read so on the on the sheet that i that i that i had sent out um that you can all probably have all um either printed out or are looking at or can look at when we spread share the screen um i'm going to read those three poems and i i added and that's basically for for your sort of background, or if you want to comment on that, um, um, some poems or prayers that inspired uh, these three these three poems, and um, I can share. Hector can share um, if we need to share. I can also just read Rabbi Schatz. Uh, yeah, why don't you? If you can share, why don't you do it? So I don't. Um... Yes, I'm here, but uh, I oh, think it'd be better for you to share it. Oh, that is not the one that I wanted to share. Um, I had it prepared. Um, is it just the Google Doc? Yeah, it's the Google Doc, but I don't okay. I know why I I'm here. I'm sorry. Like, I, I have it up, so it's an Also, we might have a little bit more time, maybe, with the, like, with the shorter services, so... Um, we can we can maybe read one or two of the other inspirational the poems that inspired but um okay so i'm going this first poem is inspired by 
by, by, by many things, but namely by two of these short poems that are on the second page, um, that you can, that you can look at at your leisure. Um, one is, is obviously the famous, is the famous short poem by Yehuda Halevi, um, about him being in the West and his heart being in the East. Um, and there is also, um, a traditional song that's in Ladino and that's also been sung in Hebrew by, by many, many artists. And it's either Moronika in the Ladino version or Shefa Khored. Um, and, um, the lines, there's a lot of images of, uh, of the young woman standing at the quay and seeing ships sail away and, um, have expressing a certain longing. And these two things, Yehuda Halevi also being from Spain, sort of like inspired this following poem, which is called, which is the first poem in the collection, actually. It's called Port of Salt in the West for Yehuda Halevi. This port was founded when the temple stood in the east across the sea. Phoenician salted fish, Romans traded pottery when the temple fell in the east across the sea. From this port of salt you embarked, driven by your longing for the dawn. Fallen kingdoms behind you, waiting for you in the east across the sea. Far is the green river from this port of salt. Your daughter and her son stood on the quay. They promised to tend your empty gardens. You fell into the dust at the gates of your desire. Please call me Morenica one more time. The sun has turned my pale skin dark. Your ship sails to the east across the sea. And all my longing goes with you, Yehuda. And on the next page... Um, of this sheet, um, there are these two, there are these two, um, poems that, um, that you can look at later. I don't want to take up too much time. Um, I do want to say another thing that I'm playing within the book is a lot, the, the distinction and opposite and ultimately falling together of directions. Um, just, um, I play a lot in general in my poems with space and time, which is also very Jewish or where we find a lot in Jewish, in Jewish texts and thinking and, and, and our theology in general, right? Um, but also there's a lot of West and East in this, in this, in this whole collection. Um, partly because it also spans like my own journey from the East Coast to the West Coast that is in there or from even further Israel to Los Angeles. Um, and, um, and because it plays with these, because the Yehuda Halevi quote is in there. So um, that is also why this poem is, it's one of the reasons why I chose this poem to open the collection. First of all, to broaden it up and to widen it up. And um, because it's in the West and um, it's a spoiler alert, but the, collection also ends in the way. And um, so it's a, it's a circle. The next one um, is Yedid Nefesh, which um, we are all familiar with. And um, I'm going to read the next one. Yedid Nefesh. Light washes over kitchen tiles like water, wavering with the rhythm of the trees. Sometimes I don't remember if your eyes are green or amber, eyes of a deer. Where we are from, Deer are symbols of male splendor, swift and strong. Far from the land, they hide in birch for birch forests behind dark pines. Come quick. I want to feel your heartbeat return to our embrace. Dew was in your hair when I left. The tiles in your apartment cool under my feet. Tea glasses and date syrup on the kitchen table. Quiet olive trees. Up. I am up early again this morning. The water called me to the beach where you are now. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of Yedid Nefesh inspiration in that. And, um, also from Erev Shoshanim, which takes a lot from Yedid Nefesh 
and she Hashirim. So it's all, it's all um, one. I, um, I don't know. I, I, there's one more poem um, to which I will probably read actually the inspirational poem because it ends with, with the word Shem or name, which is so fitting for our Parsha. And I'm always trying to get a bridge to our Parsha into my teaching um, on these Saturday afternoons. Um, but if there is, you have your, um, um, you're welcome to make comments or ask questions after I read um, the last poem. So I don't want to just like rush through it, but I, I, I also want to be concise in, in, in with our time. So the last one is inspired by a poem by Yehuda Amichai, because it can't be Julia talking about poetry without making a reference to Amichai. So um, this one is called, What Was I Even Thinking? And it is um, inspired after In the Middle of the Century by Yehuda Amichai. August is a slowly aging woman, like Av, a two-faced month, leading the way to fall and renewal. To the end of the summer, I thought this one could be. Then again, What kind of summer did I even think this one would be? A summer that would last all but three weeks, the last before the long goodbye to my tanned flesh and mortal hips, to songs we might have sung, to a white moon in the Levant. Wild geese are flying and the cicada in the tree outside my window sings louder early. I hear of comfort happening. The prophets are the shatnets of Romingling, lost in translation and desire, too many years between your journey to another land. You want to leave in peace. I want to write your name with love. I want to speak in praise of your transient face that I touched when you were near with full eyes. Um, yes, that is, that was the last of the three poems from the book that I wanted, that I wanted to share. And um, if anybody wants to ask something or comment on something, you're welcome to, but you don't have to. <laughs> I think Sweet, Sweet wants to say something. I remember to unmute even before Zoom told me to. <laughs> um, I, I, in your earlier work and in this new one, I find that to me at least, there's an interesting sense of place in many of your poems and locations. And what I found interesting, at least for myself, is that I would read something like Mountain Time in the new work. Mm. And having uh, lived in Colorado for many years, I immediate, my mind immediately goes to Colorado and your opening line refers to a bridge over a deep gorge. And there is such a place in Colorado near uh, Canyon City. It's a tourist attraction and literally a bridge to nowhere. And then wow. a few lines later, I see reference to an Ibex. And uh, we don't ha didn't have those in Colorado. So I knew I was reading about someplace else, I think. And wow. Uh, first of all, thank you for like quoting from a poem from my first collection. <laughs> Oh. Um, I have two. I, I like to tell people I now have two first editions of a poem. Yes, work, so. yes. You still need them signed. Um, I am. I am hosting a book release um, um, that I'm happy to share with everyone if everyone wants to come. Still, because it's supposed to be in person outdoors on January 9th. Um, so people can acquire copies there and also get the book signed. Um, currently, it is still on in-person outdoors. I hope this can be also the case. Um, yes, actually, um, the poem was inspired by New Mexico. I have been in New Mexico um, um, several times, and I really love it there. And um, 
it's certainly a Southwest inspired poem. And um, the Ibex comes partly from the Alps, partly also from New Mexico. So it's um it's a mix of, of, of things, but yes, I, I'm really a person who's very much in touch with the physical place that I'm in. And um, I'm, I'm happy that you pointed that out because it's very important. All right. Um, I guess, um, what should we do? We definitely have time. So if you want to share something else, Mari is probably going to take like 15 minutes, minutes max. Yeah, right, so you have right. time. Um, oh, Tybal has something that she'll say. Okay. Um, it's a different kind of thing because I'm often about I like when people are connected. Um, I was looking up your work when I first heard you teach poetry, mm-hmm. and I realized that um, someone I know through Association for Jewish Libraries had spoken with you, which is Erica Dreyfus, and oh. she sends regards and good wishes and all those things. Oh, wow. Oh, thank had you. email with Erica because I was very excited that I knew both of these people who had been speaking when I found yeah. it online. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. And thanks. Um, please give my regards to Erica. I'll be in touch with her too, of course. Um, yes, Erica Dreyfus, um, is, um, amazing poet. I know her from, from New York. She and, she and I are in a group that's called, who are called Ahayot Writers. We've been women Jewish writers. Um, and she has an amazing collection out, um, that is called Birthright, I think. Yes, Birthright by Erica Dreyfus. Um, I think it was published late 2019. Um, it is a great book and, um, and she's a, she's a very prolific and amazing writer. So, um, definitely. Funny, she says the same things about you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again. I see Barry and Kathy have their hand up. Hi. Um, I re- picked up on some imagery in, in this last poem, I guess it was, um, use the word shotness of the relationship of lovers from different perspectives, different realities, different worlds, almost thinking the Romeo and Juliet uh, model, uh, how the the strength of love reaching across a a chasm of difference. Mm -hmm. And and you, you, you had the word shotness in there, and that really struck me. It's a, it's a beautiful imagery that you uh, created there. Yeah, um, thank you, Barry. Um, it is not my original, which is now the time to make me read the poem, the original poem um, by um, by Yehuda Amichai, um, because um, it is well. I the thing is that in the English translation, he in his in his in his Hebrew in his in his Hebrew original of the poem that inspired this poem, he uses shatnets. Um, I haven't. I'm not prepared to share the Hebrew um, um, here because um, because I don't I don't have it available right now. Um, but I do have the English version, which it, again doesn't use the shatnets, probably because. I mean, Asia Goodman is an amazing translator. Maybe she chose to not use it because it's going to be in English. And um, but yes, I wish I could take credit for the beautiful image, but it's Miura um, Michai. Um, it, I just used it because I saw it in the Hebrew original. Um, but you, you 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 used it. You picked up on it. I so, picked up on it. 
So, so the, can, yeah, the imagery comes back to you. I can take credit for that, but um, the the idea is is, is Amichai's. Um, and I'm I'm just going to read the English version of of this um, poem, which is called in English "In the Middle of the Century." In the middle of the century, we turned to each other with half faces and full eyes, like an ancient Egyptian picture. And for a short while, I stroked your hair in the opposite direction to your journey. We called to each other, like calling out the names of towns where nobody stops along the route. Lovely is the world rising early to evil. Lovely is the world falling asleep to sin and pity. In the mingling of ourselves, you and I, lovely is the world. The earth drinks men and their loves like wine to forget it can't. And like the contours of the Judean hills, we shall never find peace. In the middle of the century, we turned to each other. I saw your body throwing shade, waiting for me. The leather straps for a long journey, already tightening across my chest. I spoke in praise of your mortal hips. You spoke in praise of my passing face. I stroked your hair in the direction of your journey. I touched your flesh, prophet of you. I touched your hand, which has never slept. I touched your mouth, which may yet sing. Dust from the desert covered the table at which we did not eat. But with my finger, I wrote on it the letters of your name. That's the original. It's, um, it was one of the first poems that I, that I read from Yehuda Amichai. Um, and then, and then it came back to me in, in one way. And I, and then later it inspired that. I just wanted to say how, I think I said this the first time you taught on poetry, I am not a poet, um, (laughs) but I I am extremely impressed um, at how you can write in such a way that is clearly uh, intimate and vulnerable to your life, and there's clearly story behind what you're writing, and yet I'm sure I speak for all of us that we can hear your words of your story and think of our own. Um, and that to me is just great writing that it's not just us hearing your story, which is compelling in its own right. Um, but the fact that you're writing in such a way that it's both specific and also general enough for us to be able to make our own connections, whether about our own experiences or just our ability to visualize and, um, and experience, experience really that which you want us to experience by reading the poetry. So uh, I, I'm just very impressed by that as someone who doesn't write in, in that kind of way. I'm, I'm very impressed by that kind of expression that you share. Thank you. That is, that is like a, a huge compliment and it's, it's, it's what one wants, you know, like I, while yes, while of course, while of course there is an urge in a way also to sort of process or to process certain events, but also to and to communicate feelings and images and 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 just you know emotions that 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 one or I have had. Um, it's it's not a memoir. Poetry, like for me, writing people often and, and this book more than more than maybe other other more than my previous collection or maybe more than even some other poems that I've written is, is very ultimately very truth to it. It's very rooted and grounded in, in like real life. And at the same time, what I've tried to do is to also like free it from that because the intention was not to, 
I'm going to tell this and this happens. That's not, that, that's not the main, that's not the main, um, motivation for, for writing poetry for me in general. It's not, that's why I don't write memoir. I mean, nothing against memoir, but I, I want to, I do want, I think I do want to share and I do want to process and communicate my impressions, but I want to do it in a way that, that creates something beyond that, that specific event. And then if, if it brings up stories in their own rights for everyone, for people who read it, that's obviously amazing because it's, it's, it's what I want that, that happens. You know, I don't, I, I want to stimulate and inspire, um, like that people get their own memories and stories. And um, I'm glad that you told me that because it's great. Um, Taibo, why don't you, why don't you share? And then we'll go to Mariv. And then I think uh, Julia has one more poem that she's going to share before Havdalah. So I think that timing will work out. Okay, great. Um, what you said, Rabbi Schatz, made me think about part of what I find so interesting, which is um, for years having been interested in language processing and specifically one very specific thing, how people who are polyglots, when they dream and what language they dream in based on what they've been using and looking at your bio or just a short bio and listening to your speech, I'm, ass I'm assuming that you are a polyglot and poetry is cl much closer to dream and subconscious than prose. So I just find it so interesting to look at the words you choose and what it evokes given what I assume I know about you that in fact you are a polyglot. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, if polyglot means several languages, then yes. Um, obviously German, um, English, Spanish. Those are the three languages I feel I can have conversations about basically everything. Hebrew too. Well, it's growing, you know. Like, I mean, yeah, I, well, my, my, my conversation <laughs> skills in Hebrew are still very limited. Um, I mean, I can, I, I read better. I mean, I understand more than I, than I can speak, but I cannot have a conversation about poetry in Hebrew much as I aspire to that. And I hope one day it'll actually um, happen. But yeah, and then there's French and Portuguese, but it's, it's gotten very rusty because I haven't spoken it. But um, yeah. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.